So you know how most parents stress over how they will financially provide for their growing families? Well, today, Corey and I talk a little bit about that. And I, I have a system I wanna show you how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing so you will never worry about being acquired, fired, or laid off ever again. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of the W2 Capitalist. If you are new here, if this is your first time discovering the W2 Capitalist, we are a resource for 30 to 40-year-old married men and women like you who have a combined income of more than $100,000 a year that want to build multiple end streams of income through real estate investing so that you can be more present both mentally and physically with your spouse and your children. That's something Corey and I talk about uh, in this very episode. And then we get to talking about the other benefit is removing that stress and anxiety that comes with financially providing your family and building you toward getting uh, that generational wealth momentum started, right? But before we get into today's episode uh, with Corey Woodruff, I want to point you to our podcast sponsor, uh, my personal agent, Mark Willis. And he's going to be one of these guys who helps you determine how to build that generational wealth. He is my certified financial planner. And if you've ever taken a minute to just total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks and credit card companies on mortgages, student loans, cars, vacations, you name it, you'll see that in your lifetime, this can easily add up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And that money that you can be putting to work for you right now, and then you can pass those earnings to your kids when that time comes, right? There is a strategy that has been around for hundreds of years, and when I say hundreds, it's in the the double, it's in the two hundreds, right? Uh, that the uber rich have used, and guess what? You and I can use it too, uh, and I'm using it right now, right? And the, at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to connect with Mark, but I'll give you where you can schedule your free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself concept, which is the strategy that I'm talking about here, is right for you. All right, but for now, let's get into today's episode with Mr. Corey Woodruff. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. All right, guys, short bio for you today on Mr. Corey Woodruff. But after closing on his second part, Corey had to ask, I love this, this is a hustle and grind, had to ask his boss for an advance pay just so he could buy his kids Christmas. Two years later, he has left the W2 world and closed on 1,100 pads. Let's bring him in. Corey, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Jay. So, so this is the second, our second go round of this, and I'm, I'm highlighting that because of I think it's going to show just how much of a hustler you are, and that's what I want to focus on today as, as we have our little conversation here. Because last time you and I talked, and and I think you know I follow you on Facebook, and, and I see these deals after deals after deals being closed. And matter of fact, you just told me, hey, we're we're last time we talked, we had 800 units. Now we're at over 1,100, and I I see the stuff on 
Facebook and I see all the stuff that you're chasing and I'm like, how the hell is he doing it? And this is an example of, I know how you're, you're doing it. So the last time you and I talked or tried to talk, we tried to schedule this. You were, I think you were on your way to go like a vacation or something. You were on the road. You're maybe, you may have been going to, to check out another property, exactly. but yeah. the time came where we, we were supposed to record this and you're in your truck, you pulled over. And the connection was just not good or something, something was like, and you're like, all right, give me, give me a couple minutes. And the next thing I know, you dial back in and you're sitting down inside of a, a planet fitness or some sort of gym. And I don't think, you're, I don't know if you're a member there or not. I mean, obviously I you work out with those, <laughs> those big ass biceps you got. But it, it wasn't like your gym. And you even said, hey, man, people are looking at me funny, you know, and then we, we continue to have audio issues. And we're like, look, let's let's do this again. When we, we can sit down, we make sure the audio is good. But, I, you know, I compare that to myself and I would have made every excuse in the world not to to make. I was like, look, I'll, I'll have to reschedule this. And even now you said when we were just talking a minute ago, you're like, hey, uh, you know, I had this planned out. I had a new microphone. I was ready to go. I was at my house. I was going to be where I had some quiet space. I know you just got a new office space too. And um, you're like, I got this call from this guy. I'm headed down to West Virginia. And he said, look, I will sign the contract if you bring it to me. And you're on the road to take it to Here we are we're recording this about a week from Christmas. And you're like, I'm gone. <laughs> so I freaking love the hustle. And that's what I want to dive into today is where the hell does that come from? And how do you how do you encourage people who don't have that? I'm raising my hand as much. Um, where does it come from, man? Where, do, where does all that come from? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was growing up, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like diving into the sob story, but all, but uh, when I was growing up, things weren't uh, the normal things that most people would call a necessity was things that I did not have. Um, mm. You know, there we were. You know, I grew up in trailer parks when I was young uh, until I was about 12 years old. I lived in a trailer park, um, and um, you know, I remember a lot of the same stories um, that tenants have now. You know, saying to me, "Oh, hey, they shut my heat off, or I don't have power, or whatever." eviction notices. Those are all things that I experienced as growing up. Um, so when people ask me, how do I find the energy? It's not really an energy. It's um, it's a refusal. Um, I refuse uh. to have that life that I grew up in. Um, so I don't really know if it's energy or refusal, but either way, you take my energy with the with the refusal to be poor and put them together and it, it seems to be working out okay. It is. It's inspiring me. I, I'll tell you that. I'm like, man, I, I feel like I am. Uh, I, I got to get out of my uh, I, I'm an introvert by nature and, and I will, I'm very comfortable behind the microphone and a com computer, but man, if I got a call from seller, I don't know that I would have done it, you know, especially a week here before Christmas, we're trying to get all this stuff done. You're like, dude, I'm just going after it. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you grew up in, in a trailer park and, and um, you know, having having a need to even have the essential stuff provided for you. Do you manage a lot of your own parks now or or, or do you hand them over to some more, some other form of management? Yeah, so uh, thank God. Uh, but, uh, you know, we <laughs> I've been managing everything myself, but I've just recently hired a president of operations. And now we've even taken it a step further, hired a VP of operations. And then as soon as we did that we got five more parks under contract that are like you know streamlined to close so now we're hiring an operations assistant so now we have you know three people in front of me before it gets to me kind of thing but right now you know um you know obviously in my in, in how i structure my deals you lose an investor money or make a deal go bad my whole business crumbles so i still micromanage the hell out of, oh, yeah. of, all of them, you know so you know if i'm well, not doing it i'm standing over top of you telling you how to do it until we know 
know until I know it's it's done right, you know. Yeah, you got to get that comfort level with those folks. I think it's very smart for you and for for you looking out for your investors' money. Oh, yeah. that you're doing that right. Uh, at some point in time, though, if you want to scale even more, you've got to you've got to delegate. And I'm preaching to the choir. I, I'm the exact same way. I am curious though, knowing how you grew up now, and then you know when tenants come to you and tell you these stories that you live through, how do you how do you handle that? Like I I suck at being a property manager. I that's I outsource that. I I cannot deal with it. Somebody give me a soft story, and then I'm gonna feel like being the a hole that tells them yes or no or whatever. You know, it just doesn't fit my personality type. And with you though, you've went through it. I'm assuming you've got some compassion. How do you work? with them, right? How do you handle that? Well, you know, I always instruct so that those those complaints go to my park manager. Um, and I always gotcha. instruct them to be compassionate at first. If you put an eviction notice on someone's door and they call you instantly and they say, this is this, this, and this is going on. We show compassion. Month two, we show no compassion. So one month behind, gotcha. we'll show compassion. But here's another example. You put an eviction notice on someone's door on the fifth or, or seven day notice or three day notice. Right. Whatever wherever the are. whatever the rules are for that area, and, right? <laughs> And then when they get their eviction notice for their court hearing from the attorney, and then they have all these excuses, I could care less. Because gotcha. you got a notice on your door saying that you and your kids weren't going to have a home if you didn't let us know what was going on. And yeah. you waited another three weeks until you got the letter. That's not something I'm worried about anymore. Yeah. Um, so I have compassion. But also I have this um, this inner feeling as well, where if I can pull myself up, I believe that everybody can. Because I'm not, I'm not super smart. Um, I'm not super savvy. I have a college degree but I wrestled, so I got to coast. Um, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't learn, I didn't learn a bunch, right? Um, Dude, don't yeah. ever get me in a headlock with those uh, biceps <laughs> you got going on there. <laughs> I, I got to coast a little bit. So, you know, um, you know, I'm not super smart savvy. I don't have all these big connections. It's uh, funny, I, when I was um, getting into real estate, I kept telling myself the same excuse. I kept saying, this would be so much easier if I had rich family and friends. And it's funny because all my friends and family, they're not rich by any means. And now it's like... <laughs> my friends are some of like the richest people ever. You know, all my friends that I talk to on a daily basis now are extremely rich. So it's like, it's all about how you uh, set yourself up in your mindset and who you're hanging out with and who you're trying to meet more importantly. You know, if uh, if, if going uh, to the local bar on Friday is is uh, your every weekend thing, and then on Monday you complain about not having rich friends, then that doesn't fit for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, last time we, we talked, uh, I, I did take a little bit of notes. And, and one of the things that you said, or I may have picked this up on your uh, Facebook because you put a lot of good stuff out there is if people in your circle don't have money, you're hanging out in the wrong circle. And I absolutely love that. And I I, um, I hate the idea that people are out there thinking that they can invest in real estate with without any money because it does take some money to do it. But and I think the one way to get there is to to change your mindset and start hanging out with the people that are in a position, whether it be money or you look at somebody and you're like, man, I really like how this guy treats his family and how he treats his wife. I need to be around more folks like that. Right. And you start hanging around the people who they're in a position that you envy. Right. Yeah. But with you and just knowing what you told me about your background, how did you start getting around those people uh, with money? Right. I mean, because if you're and I don't, I don't want to sound too much of an asshole, but if you're in a trailer park and there's other people in the trailer park, I doubt you guys banded together and said, all right, we're going to buy this sucker and then we're going to go buy the next yeah. one over in the middle of town but so how did you how did you initially get into that circle well so you know to shorten up the story a little bit because it is kind of a longer story how 
wallet how I did that, but to shorten it up a little bit, I saved a lot, a, a lot of my money. I bought my first mobile home park and then I told my fiance, I said, hey, you know, in five years, we're going to refinance this and then we'll have enough money to buy another one and we'll just keep doing that. And then in 10 years, we're going to own about oh, like five to 10 of these parks <laughs> in like 10 years. And then I started looking around on all the forums and I started to realize that the shortage isn't money. The shortage isn't my money. The shortage isn't my my knowledge. The shortage is good deals. So I said to mm. Victoria, I said, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the right strategy. Maybe the strategy is to not buy parks on our own, but to find good deals to where you just dangle the carrot out and people just swarm it. Um, right. <laughs> and um, I, I thought I was real clever for coming up with that. And, um, and then so she's like, OK, let's do it. So we started calling um, and calling mobile home parks, her and I both. I was working a full time job. She'd call when I wasn't calling. And, and, and we started getting these deals. And then once I got one investor, he introduced me to another and another to another. And then I started wholesaling deals. And then people, I just started saying, hey, look, instead of doing the wholesale, let's do the deal together. And now whenever I find a deal, it's like as soon as I know, I see the deal, I know exactly who I'm going to call to get the money for the deal. Um, to where nowadays, I mean, the last uh, 10 parks I bought, my investment is zero. No money. Zero. zero Love dollars. it. And you're just getting paid like a syndication fee or asset management fee uh, for yep, putting the deal together? Yep. Acquisition fee, management fee, and about uh, 30% ownership in the deal. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So I want to go back. You said while you were working, I know you exited the W2 world. But while you were working, you know, there was this story about you had, you just closed on your second park. And, and guys, this is again, for you watching or listening, um, this is the kind of hustle that I'm talking about, right? So where you had $0 in your bank account, right? And you're, because you're broke from buying your, your second, second park. Uh, plus I think you bought a house, you, you and your, your wife and family moved in. Um, and after buying that park, you had to go to your boss and say, Hey man, can I get an advance? uh for christmas right yeah. so the balls on you <laughs> i mean you know what i mean i mean you you just spent which i love because elon elon musk that said the same thing when he sold uh i think it was paypal that he sold he went invested into like spacex and like two two tesla and, and a couple other companies and then he had to go borrow money to, to pay rent and i'm like dude the hustle and the and just like i don't know it's it's just it's super inspiring right yeah no the the thing is too it's like when I bought the house in the park, um, you know, everyone, everyone, you know, they see, you see what people see, what you want them to see. Right. So on Facebook, they're saying, holy crap, Corey just bought another park. He just bought a beautiful <laughs> home. And really I'm biting my nails wondering, you know, what, what I'm going to do to buy my kids Christmas gifts. Now you had mentioned like the balls on me, but I mean, my bosses that I work for, they were like super helpful. I knew for a fact, if I wasn't going to come up for the money for Christmas, if I would have called those guys for a hundred grand, they would say, oh yeah, no problem here you go because they know I would give it back so I always knew I was going to be safe but it's funny because while people thought I was just flourishing really I was just dwindled down to nothing man and uh you know yeah, yeah. I had to borrow money for Christmas but now you've broke through right so that was that was the second park it had uh you were up to 120 lots at that point in time or yeah. uh and now because that was just a short while ago that was uh what two years ago yeah two years ago and now you're over 1100 doors and just yeah. a few just a couple of months ago, when we originally had this scheduled, you were at 
at 800. Uh, how are you finding these deals? And where are you? Because I know you're in, um, just slip my mind. Uh, Ohio, Lima. Okay, so you have parks all over the Midwest then. Oh, yeah. Because Ohio was not what I was thinking of. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, um, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, uh, and Minnesota. Illinois. Now. That's what I was thinking of was Minnesota. Um, for some reason, I thought you were there. Okay, so I there's a guy I follow. I'm in his mastermind. I followed him for a while. He does, he does YouTube lives every now and then. Not every now and then. He does one every day. And I'm like religiously subscribing and consuming. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> teach me your ways, you know? <laughs> right. And so he invited, I filled out this form and he invited me to come on uh, one of his shows. And I was like, yeah, what am I going to talk to him about? And then we got on there and we're just kind of shooting the shit and this recording and everything. And I was like, man, I just absolutely love that you're from Tennessee. And he goes, well, well Jay, I'm not from Tennessee. I'm from Connecticut. And I was like, oh, uh, well, and this is after I already told him, hey, man, I love what you do. My business would not be where it is. But if you weren't around, if I didn't discover you and find you and do all this other stuff, and I said, I can't tell you how much I owe you and how, how big of a fan I am of yours. Where did you grow up in Tennessee or something like that? And he goes, uh, yeah, I, I have some friends in Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee, but I, I have never, I never lived in Tennessee before. And I was like, okay, well, uh, egg on my face, dude, I'm still a big fan. <laughs> you know? Yeah, still a huge fan, man. Well, That's all that matters. <laughs> well, because, Cause he'll say, Hey y'all, you know, like y'all is one of his, his catchphrases or not catchphrases, but it's something he uses regularly. I was like, yeah, he's from the Southeast. It's like me. That's, that's fine. So my apologies. I, I didn't, I didn't know Ohio, Minnesota was what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Too much stuff to be there. How are you finding all these parks all over the place? Well, to be honest, you know, I, um, you know, I can take credit for setting up the systems, but one of the things when I did end up leaving my, my job, um, you know, because I had done it on my own for so long, I thought that I could continue to do that. Yeah. And, and it was until I, I seen a book, it's called what got you here won't get you there. And it's basically, basically essentially saying what got you to the point where you're at, you're happy, but where you're trying to get to that same thing is not going to work. And it made perfect sense because I always thought if I just continue to work nonstop and sleep not a lot of hours every day, I'll, I'll be massively successful. But you start to get to that point where you're giving up so much time and then you come home and, and your, your, your kids are nowhere to be find, found and you got to kind of <laughs> use pictures to remember who they are kind of thing. So a, a lot of the credit really lately has, has to go to my team. I mean, they, they grind on the phones. I brought on um, uh, Dylan. I'm sure that you had kind of seen, I've been tagging him in a lot of stuff on Facebook, but he's now a senior partner in my firm. And uh, you know, I've put a lot of responsibility on him um, and my callers, but, but, but anyway, to answer your question, just cold calls. I mean, I have nothing against brokers, but every time you look at one of their stuff, you're like, holy crap, there's a deal here. And you just read down two paragraphs and you're like, no deal. You know, it's like, <laughs> or they're, or they're ridiculously overpriced and it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me uh, in the way that I'm trying to invest. So uh, nothing yeah. against brokers. I know there will be one day when I'm, you know, sitting high up where I can afford to pay those prices and just have stable cash flow, but that's just not where I am right now. So cold call in 110%. Yep. Okay. So you've never closed a, a deal with a broker or a realtor? Um, technically, I, one of my deals is a was a pocket listing through a broker. Okay. Um, with uh, but nothing with, off the MLS or or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Every deal wow. except one, um, which it was kind of off market, kind of wasn't kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I I 
apparently I don't know the definition of off market because I will have these people, lots of people in my feed, they'll post these properties and they'll say off market. And I'm like, well, you're advertising for it. So how is that off market? Like it's off market. It's on the market. It's just not on the MLS and you're really not a realtor. <laughs> Maybe right, that's why yeah. they're doing it. <laughs> my, my, my version of off market is where it's not being blasted out, man. Yeah, exactly. Got, exactly. You called me up yeah. and you said, Hey, I found a deal. Here's the details on it. Like, let me know if you want it kind of thing. Or I'm yeah. calling it myself. Right. Yeah. 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 What's your, uh, what's your target? Uh, and don't give me, every, don't obviously don't give us everything, but what is your, cause you're, you're fine. Cause there's a lot that goes into, even if you find, like if I, if you and I were to search the same criteria and find the owners and start calling them, you're going to win more times than I'm going to win just because you've done it. You, you keep, you know, you've, you come from a unique position. I actually think it helps you out where you're sitting there with knowledge of growing up in a mobile home park and knowing kind of things that those tenants are going to go through, which I think puts you in a unique position to talk to the owners, right? Because you used to be their customer. You used to know, I mean, you know, you would hear, or your parents used to be. Um, so what are some, but what are some of the things that you look for uh, to identify these properties? Is it pad size? Is it, is it, uh, park on homes or is there a ratio there with park on homes versus, um, tenant on homes? What's the, what's the thing that you kind of narrow it down to if there is one? Yeah. You know, I, I keep it, you know, I keep it pretty, I learned my lessons early. And, and if, if I would have known this lesson a few years ago that I know now I would own 50 park. So I used to just clutch on to one investor for, you know, a year. And then I would only be pitching him deals. And if he said, no, we'd kill it. Um, so basically gotcha. what I started to learn, and then I started working with another investor and he doesn't do anything with wells. If it's well, if it has a well, he's out. It doesn't matter if there's a million dollars to be made. And I'm so then him. I started cutting deals <laughs> that way. And I'm like, I was like, no, this isn't right. So I started, basically I have guys that'll do private, you know, utilities. I have guys that'll do public. I have guys that will do infill. So basically when I find one that's heavy infill, I know I can get the job done. I mean, we've added, um, you know, like 20 homes to one of my parks in like the first just six months. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, basically when I find these parks that I know I can create value with, I'll call certain people uh, to invest in them. So, I mean, I, I'm closing a park that's 10 minutes down the road from my from my office that's 22 spaces, but there's value to be added there and it's really close by and I think it'll be easy to manage. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really have a huge uh, a strict criteria. If I can make money on it, I want to do it. I mean- uh, Yeah, I, I, I love that. You mentioned that book, um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. I, I absolutely love that saying. I didn't, I don't know uh, Marshall Goldsmith, the author, but uh, I'm definitely adding it to my list because it's, it's got uh, some raving reviews on, well, it, on Amazon. It's perfect because it, it's the same thing. I actually got the book because I was a killer salesman in the timeshare world. Well, and then I, they just were like, hey, uh, you're going to be a salesman and you're going to skip a closer. You're going to skip assistant manager. You're going to skip manager. Now you're just going to be president of sales and I had all these extra responsibilities. And I thought just my grit would just keep me <laughs> excelling. And I was like, all right, I got to take a step back and figure out as a president of sales, how do I become successful? So basically you got these guys that own one park and they're massively successful with them. So they're like, well, all I got to do is buy another one and I'll be the same successful. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, you, yeah. you, you have to adapt every day to owning two parks is completely different than owning three. Yeah. <laughs> owning three is completely different than owning four, right? I mean, you start to get these extra things and then you start to add in city, city, uh, well and city sewer, well and septic. And you have all these extra moving parts. And basically it just kind of shows you that your one system, your one track mind will get you so far and maybe it'll, some people's one track mind will get you real far right but it's and, and you kind of use president trump as a good example i mean his grit got him presidency one but he he kept on that same track
track and it didn't get them too. Now some may, you know, I won't well, go there. But it, it, we don't, we don't know. Well, we don't know. He hasn't accepted defeat yet. <laughs> right. uh, hey, you know, but, but vote for whoever you want. I'm good. I just say, yeah. you know, he, he's a very perfect example of someone that came in and said, Hey, this is what got me there. I'm going to keep on this track. Yeah. And, and it didn't work out for him, man. So you got to, you have to adapt. Uh, you have to adapt once you get to where you want to be. And that's why, you know, goal setting is so important for us. Cause once we hit a certain goal and we have to set it even higher, but also create the step, you have to create that new ladder to be able to get to that next goal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, we're joking around that. So it was December 17th. I don't think we're going to know it, it's interesting. I mean, we're a month away from when the new president's supposed to come in, yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I have my views. I wish that there was a more accurate and trusted way for people to vote. And yeah. I think we're all, no matter who you voted for, I think right now we're all getting played. Oh yeah. By, who, I, I, by I 100% people agree. Everyone's saying, every, everyone's saying we can't have Biden because he's going to raise taxes. And, and to me, the way that I think, um, I, I, I didn't vote for Biden and I'm fine with people that did. But for me, if Biden raises taxes, it means I need to do more deals. <laughs> so I'm glad you said that. The other thing I wanted to ask, to talk to you about is, is uh, being laser focused. And that's a perfect example of that. And, and, you know, a lot of people think, hey, you know, 2020 sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, it is what it is. You, you need to stop worrying about that and get focused on what you want to focus on. Um, I had a coaching call with a guy the other day and he he was like, man, I want to start this business. And, um, but, you know, 2020 is just, COVID is just, and, and he, it's a consulting business for people who want to get into the multifamily space. And I told him, I said, look, um, I'm going to call him John. His name's not John. I said, John, I said, do you mind if I call you out on your bullshit right now? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, John, from where I sit, there are people buying multifamily properties that have no business buying multifamily properties because they have gotten the bug and they've they've underwrote a few deals and they think they know what they're doing. They don't. If you your consulting business, if there has ever been a need for it, it is right now because yeah. of these people who are out there putting together deals. And I, I feel like those guys are going to be really hurting in three to five years their investors are going to be really pissed off. Yeah. And um, I said, so don't blame this shit on 2020. Blame this on your message is not clear and you're not willing to do the work. Yeah. And I step back and goes, huh, okay. <laughs> So that's exactly uh, right. I mean, the, you see, you see people posting on Facebook all day, 2020 sucks or, you know, the, the funny uh, gifts or whatever, or the <laughs> memes and, and all that stuff. And it's like, I left my W2 six figure job this year and I have never made more money. I have never closed yeah. more deals um, than 2020. 2020 will always be forever remembered as the year of the boom. Now I will never say that 2020 will be my best year because 2021 is going to be even better. I love it. I love that. it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's my best year to date. I will say that. Um, and that just goes to show you that, uh, you know, your mindset and, and outlook on life in general will literally, it's your roadmap to failure or success, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. And I, and I think you have to have that laser focus that you have. Uh, I have it. I, I believe I have it. No, I have, you it. have it. Um, you know, and so here's another example. Uh, you posted an article on Facebook about, uh, Cardone, right. And, and he closed something about, he closes his biggest deal yet or biggest deal ever in South Florida or whatnot. And somebody mm -hmm. made a comment on there and, and I'm, I'm a flopper when it comes to Cardone. I'm taking a break from him right now. He's, he's done some stuff that I don't really appreciate, but, uh, one of the things, 
things that the comment was made uh, from somebody from somebody who you're connected with on Facebook says something about the minimum returns that the lawsuits are alleging. And your response to that, I thought it was brilliant. I was like, dude, I said, this guy, Corey, he is super laser, laser focused because your response to that comment was, yeah, I'm not diving into that. That's not the point of my post, my friend. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, dude is laser focused. So how do you how do you get there with all these distractions, you know, with 2020 and, you know, COVID election, blah, blah, blah. How do you stay laser focused on what you're trying to accomplish day in and day out? Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Corey and encourage you to stick around to the end. At the very end of the, the episodes, I've been introducing this segment called Off the Wall, where I it's really three random questions that uh, are meant to just get to know the guests a little bit better. But the last question really sparked this whole conversation and Corey and I go for a little longer, uh, I think another five or 10 minutes, and we really go deep into to some parenting stuff. So wanna wanna make sure you stick around for that. And I'll provide you with some suggested next steps, some action items you can take to help move your needle specifically, all right? Now let's get back to the interview with Corey. Part of it, and this is going to make me sound like a bad person, but part of it is um, um, I like um, I, I enjoy scrolling through Facebook and it's enjoyable, um, but it's also eye opening because basically the more stupid, negative, <laughs> nothing to do with your life stuff I see people posting, that means the more stuff I see of that is the easier it is for me to make money because they're not even trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's motivating to me. Um, I don't and, think you know, it makes I, you a I negative like person <laughs> or that. a bad person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the guy who commented on that but i thought to myself what what are you wh when you post something like that and you comment something like that what are you trying to accomplish that's going to benefit your day now what i yeah. commented may have benefited his day because maybe he could think that was stupid of me to say and i know it benefited mine because i thought to myself wow i've grown up <laughs> because <laughs> i wanted to tell he was an idiot right um but um but you know it, it just it, it all you know I, I wish i had some cute answer for you it's just it goes back to the refusal man i uh i don't want to be i don't you know and, and another you know quick you know quick story you know my dad he's a businessman and he had passed away and had no life insurance so we had lost everything when he when he passed we finally had made it right um and uh and then he passed away at 38 so you know my my life's work is making sure that if that ever happens to me my kids always will be able to say you know dad said care of us even after he's gone so that's a motivating factor kids are motivating to stay laser focused and uh and uh you know also my staff man everybody on my staff was people that i've known uh, for multiple years and are good friends of mine so if i'm not laser focused that means their families don't eat so now i got six families i have to worry about on a daily basis um and i care about all them i mean i you know you know um mainly what one of them has a cool drinking spot so i gotta make sure he can pay his <laughs> He's got a pool table and everything. So I, I got to make sure his mortgage is big because we lose that. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, on a serious topic, uh, you know, you, you talked about your dad died when you were 38 or when he was 38. I'm 30. He was 38. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it was a, it was it was a while ago. Uh, I was gonna say, man, you you are a young looking 38 year old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but how much how much of him, you know him passing because i've seen some stuff where i feel like you were very close with him um oh, yeah. and there's there's something to the name of cm cmh capital that i want to talk about that uh, how that came to be but how much of him passing uh lit a fire up underneath you to to just go and do right yeah you know it's um it what it's it's huge for me it's it's the biggest thing right i mean um mainly because my dad was the exact same as me he tried so hard but he didn't understand money like i do he didn't understand how how much time you put into certain things that are going to equate to a certain amount of money and he tried so hard and had such big dreams uh, but there was so much stuff left unfulfilled and um you know that that's the biggest motivating factor for me you know his his brand was the casual carpets and all that. And I just knew once he had passed that I didn't know what it was going to be. I had no idea. Um, But I knew that one day that that brand, I mean, to see that sign being decrepitated year after year when you're driving by, because obviously the whole building got repossessed. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I know that I'm going to bring that name back somehow, some way. Um, but uh, but that, that's that's one of the biggest motivating factors. And everything else is the waterfall effect to make sure, you know, how much stuff we all learn from that. I mean, uh, you know, I had to file bankruptcy after that. Uh, I was 21. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's a big factor for sure. Gotcha. Well, that that's sucks but i uh from what i've seen you you loved your dad dearly and to be able to you know i'm sitting here thinking if um my parents were not entrepreneurs but if they did and you know living up growing up in the town we lived in if uh if i passed by a building um that had our name or had our logo on it and just seeing it, it you know the best thing that could have happened would be for, for it to replace but you said it, it just the sign just kept deteriorating the building kept deteriorating yeah that would piss me off like that would i would be so angry about that but I wouldn't know. I don't think I would know what to do with that energy. Um, and quite frankly, it looks like you you figured that out at some point in time. And, and you're just using that as rocket fuel to go to the next step. So kudos it, to you, man. It didn't I, happen I, right away. Awesome. I, no. I, I, years. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine, uh, you know, being a teenager and, and you were a teenager, right? When you when you lost. Your yeah, I was dad, 20 I when happened. he I was 20 when he passed. And, you know, so, yeah, still still young, still, uh, you know, there's a lot there's there's a lot you're gonna learn by your 40th birthday and um yeah there's i look back and like 10 years ago seems like a a total different it was a total different life we didn't have any kids awesome though right oh yeah yeah you look back i look back when i was 20 i was like man i was a little shit but still cool yeah Uh, so, so tell me about the name CM, CMH Capital. What's what's yeah, so give us CMH the whole story? Capital, with that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Give us the whole story with that. Yeah. So CMH. So, like I said, my dad's brand was Casual Carpets, Casual Trucking, um, and um, I, I knew I was going to name my first park uh, Casual Country Estate. So I knew that was going to be in there. <laughs> but I was like, that's just one park. I need to figure out something for the LLC um, that can be interchanged to a whole bunch of different things. And um, and then uh, so I was trying to figure out a way to put Casual Mobile Home, but that just kind of was a long name. So we shortened it up to CMH, uh, which is just stands for casual mobile home. And uh, then, you know, it was at first CMH investments, and then I went to CMH company. And now we've kind of landed on CMH capital to do all of our acquisitions. And, you know, as you know, you do a new LLC for every park. So CMH capital is kind of the shell company to spend money out of. But. Gotcha. Yeah. Or is the, it's the, it's the uh, holding company for, for all of them. And then those are individual LLCs for each park. Is that right? Yeah. So every new no. park, if it's in, Detroit, Michigan. It's called CMH Detroit, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. What's, uh, so 
if if I'm interested in, in investing in your parks, uh, who who do you work with? Is it friends and family? Is it is it accredited folks? Is it sophisticated folks? How and how would I go about finding about your next deal? And and what are the 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 minimums or maximums and that sort of thing? And how are the yes. deals structured? Um, how are, kind of and they're probably they're all different, but some sort of general uh, you know av- the average deal. How is it structured? Yeah. So basically, in order to get so when when I when I get a deal, um, the investors already picked out before the contract's even signed. So if I know that this deal in Pennsylvania fits perfectly with an investor, I'll go right to him and I'll say, hey, what do you want to pay for this? And then he says 1.4 million. And I say, how much more love will you give me if I get it for 1.2? And he'll say this much more. And I start grinding at it. Right. Um, And so we do it like that. Um, But but um, people will reach out sometimes to me on Facebook or email, um, Corey at cmhcapitalinc.com. Um, if you shot me an email and said, hey, you know, I, I want to talk to you about investing. Um, and then we just basically sit down and, and talk about, you know, number one, what kind of money you want to put into a deal, what you're looking for and, uh, and what kind of deal you're looking for. And we kind of go from there. And then if I find that deal, um, you know, then I'll send it over to that person and see if we can get something done. But it is pretty difficult. I'm not trying to sound like investors me as some kind of oldie. I just have a, such a good group cluster of investors where they're proven closers. It's really hard for me to just change path because I mean, some of these guys, I mean, if I called some of them and just said, Hey, I'm going to do a scale on my own, but I need a hundred grand from you at 5%. They just, they would do it for me because they, you know, uh, they like me and they trust me. So it's pretty difficult for me to veer away from my loyalty to the ones I have now. Um, Absolutely. But you know, when it comes to seller financing deals and stuff though, uh, that's most of the time when I'll veer off from them. And like if a guy wants this first park and he's got 80 grand and I find something for 80 grand now, well, I like working with guys like that because then they kind of let me let me roll and do my own thing because most of the sophisticated investors, we 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 set it up right away. I make sure they know really that, you know, they're the boss. I'm here to make them money. I'll tell them what we what I think we should do, but I don't structure my deals where it's like, oh, you own 70 percent, but I'm in control. It, you know, I just gotcha. won't work with somebody that I feel like I need to do that to. So, um, you know, they, they have control control their majority. They're the boss. Um, and I do what they tell me to do, but I always tell them if their, if their idea is stupid or not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love that. Um, so in the, in the WG Capitalist Mastermind, we're going through a book right now. It's called Nell It, Then Skell It. And it's, it's, it's not a real estate investing book. It's about building a business uh, book. And, and I, I'm not a flipper or a wholesaler or anything like that, but I, I posed the question to the wholesalers who were in the mastermind. I said, guys, I said, here, Here's, here's what I'm reading about this book is that if you're out there and you're trying to find these deals and then go find um, buyers for them, I was like, you're doing it wrong, uh, according to this book. And I was like, to me, you need to find out who's got the money and what neighborhoods they want and what streets they want to be on. And then that they are outlining your marketing plan right there. Yeah. And there and a couple of, and I was like, but I, I don't, there's one rule in the mastermind is you don't give advice or give uh, answer questions if you don't have experience on it. So I was like, but I don't, I've never done this before, um, but you tell me why you're doing it the way you do, or, or who do you see as your customer, right? Yeah. And you just supported what I was trying to, the point I was trying to get across is you've found your customers. It's a handful of guys, you know what bucket they fit in. If it's going to be city, city, city septic, uh, city well, you know what buckets those are in and you're going and finding deals that fit their criteria and just making it happen. And that yeah. that's, that's freaking amazing.
amazing. Um, and some of the guys out there too, I know, I know somebody that just listened to the, this trade back and forth will think, well, I don't really work with a bunch of people. So I don't know if I trust people to just start pitching my deal. Very simple. You can make it as vague as possibly. Hey, Mr. J here. I know I don't know you very much, but I have a 75 space park. That's 80% full with city city in Minnesota and hundred K Metro. Is that something that sounds like you would invest in yourself? And they'll say, hell yeah, run it. Let's go. And you say, okay, well, if the numbers looked like this and the park was a C-class property, what do you think I should get this park for under contract? And they'll say, hey, I don't know much about it, but here's your ballpark range. just where you need to be at. Get the deal under contract. So I, we just eliminated every excuse that could possibly yeah. come from that exchange. That's that's great. Let, financing for mobile home parks. Though. Are these guys paying in cash or, or are they big enough to where, because I, I see deals happen or not, I don't see them happen. I see deals come up a lot where they're under a million dollars uh, from a mortgage standpoint. And um, no, no, banks don't want to mess with them or most banks that I know of don't want to mess with them. The owners don't want to sell their financing, even though they've owned it for you know, 30, 40 years. They don't, they own it outright. Are you dealing with those smaller, um, you know, equity kind of plays or, or are you dealing with much bigger transactions where financing is not an issue or are you guys, the guys that you were with, are they just paying cash? Well, we're always leveraging um, and and we use, um, I, you know, I don't know if it's okay to plug, but I, if people want to know a really great contact for a mortgage broker, you can shoot me an email or something, but um, we have a mortgage broker where, you know, we have such a good relationship with him. He'll go out and find it. Um, I had to get creative because as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, when my dad passed, I had to file bankruptcy. So I haven't had my name on one single loan um, throughout the 1100 lots that I've built, that I've wow. purchased. Um, so, um, you know, because I just can't. I have one more year left and then that's when it's going to get a little crazy. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, no, the um, getting the financing for them is, isn't an issue. And uh, we've, we've kind of came up with a, with a, a little, trick where, you know, these mortgage brokers, when they can't find us a loan out of part, we make them send us a letter. Um, so they send us a letter in our email. And then I go to the seller with that and say, look, here's all the parks I own. If I can't finance it, nobody can. That means you got to finance. And it's worked five out of five times this year. So that's awesome. How did, but for somebody who I, I love that line. Hey, look, here's all the parks that I own. If I if I can't get financing for it, nobody's going to get financing for it. You got to be the bank in this case. Um, but a guy like me, I I don't I don't have any mobile home parks to my name. So that scratches that lot. <laughs> I'll make that call for you, man. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Look. Yeah, no, I mean, Corey's my uh, partner on this. He's the one tracking down the financing. If he can't get, I love it. I love it. Right. You know, and and okay. and, and a way around that to be out to 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 be serious for a minute would be instead of just saying here's the parks I own you say here are all the banks I've went to. yeah they won't yeah, finance yeah. this park that means you have to so you eliminate the resume out of it and and go to the point where look at all these banks they tried here's this letter they tried 20 this guy tried 20 nobody will touch it that means if you really want to sell this park at all it has to be where you're holding the paper yeah. um, you know and then you know but some of these guys are you know can you know I had one guy he called me he said I never get anybody to agree to sell their financing I said send me your contract and his balloon was 15 years. I was like, well, shoot, man, no wonder. I mean, 15, you asking an 80 year old seller to hold a note for 15 years, like, 
end up looking like Rose from the Titanic before he gets his money back. Man. I mean, you can't do that. You know, you gotta do short, you gotta do short balloons where it's like two-year balloon with a three-year extension or five-year balloon at most, you know. Um, that's that's where you gotta be at, man. If you if you can't turn a park around in five years, you're buying the wrong property, or you don't you're not working hard enough. Every park can yeah. turn around in five years or less. Yeah, I, I would uh I would say I'm not working hard enough to find, I, I used I don't I've got one mobile home left in my uh, portfolio and I'm we're scheduled to close on it next week and I'll be happy when it's gone I I don't know I, I just mobile I don't I think it's my experience or my attempt to manage it based on what I told you earlier it just didn't go well <laughs> so See, and, but, and I think I think most of the people that I uh, that invest with me would probably say the same thing but a lot of the problems they never even know about they it never see. they get handled and uh, you know we handle them in-house and the investor just knows hey here's my cash and cash return looks just like you know what we were hoping it would be and uh we're good to go um but i mean we'll, we'll buy a park together one day i promise all right <laughs> the, the closest i've ever gotten to buying a park it was it was amazing i had the numbers working and um and when i say the numbers so the numbers that were sent to me were scratched on the back of a uh, eight and a half by 11 you know sheet of paper and i was like what is this right. and well that's the rent roll and that's yeah. that's that's all the money or the, all the numbers you're going to get and i was like okay a bank's not going to lend on this i've got to have some more more stuff and then i got excuse after excuse well the cpa you know is tax season cpa needs a little bit of time well after we toyed around with that for a few weeks then the uh the seller went into the hospital supposedly uh i, I don't doubt he did he was he was an older guy and he had some issues and then i kept pushing him on it kept pushing him on it and then eventually somebody came in and bought it with cash and i was like well i'm good for them right. <laughs> good for them uh, right. uh anyway all right cool one, one last thing uh, or two last things you did you really close five deals in 24 hours no no i put five what? parks under contract in 24 hours okay well that's that's pretty good <laughs> that's that's pretty you good know, still it's, it's it's funny because i looked at my president of operations my senior partner um, my senior partner and um and i looked at him and i said hey you realize tomorrow we can put eight parks under contract and he's like i know and the next thing you know i woke up in the morning and we just started going to town i really thought we were going to get to eight that day and we ended up getting three more the next day and i didn't even post them because i was so pissed it's like if you're not beating five in 24 hours what's the point anymore you know and <laughs> I, I, I was so mad because these people, they were having internet problems. One lady wanted to mail it to us. So I was like, technically we got like six or seven, but it was five officials. So we'll leave it at that. But yeah, it was one day. So how many have you closed on all those? Um, not yet. So we have about four, five closings scheduled in the first couple parts of the year. Um, but we have, um, we have about five deals that we would have otherwise did um, that they're smoking hot deals, um, but we're wholesaling them uh, again to make sure that my staff has, you know, that's where they make the most money. And we want to make sure we put out five deals right at the beginning of the year to where essentially they're getting their entire year's salary right up front. And then nice. everyone grinds the rest of the year. And it's it's unfortunate because they're bigger. Um, but at the same time, I also don't want to be spending my savings account either. So it, it helps me as well. So it's not just for them. But yeah, we're going to wholesale five really nice deals um, to where we won't get any ownership. It'll just be a, a you know big wholesale fees to eat everybody. Nice. Very cool. All right, man. Look, I've enjoyed
enjoyed talking with you. I'm going to bring up, I'm, we're going to move to the off the wall uh, part of the show. Something new I've started doing where I'm going to ask you three off the wall questions. Uh, look at it, He's readjusting in his chair, ladies and getting gentlemen. Ready, he's getting man. ready for this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Let me get fun. to it. Let me get to it. Where to go? Um, and some, and some, they are family friendly. Uh, I cussed a few, uh, I cussed a little bit earlier. I apologize for that. Um, all right, here we go. Number one, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, he's, if you're listening to this, he's leaning forward. He's been laid back the entire time. He's leaning forward. He's ready to go. Um, what do you think? Uh-oh, where'd he go? What do you think one of the biggest cons about being famous would be? In your case, being more famous. How about that? <laughs> um, I would say probably not being able to, you know, walk outside without it being on camera if you wanted to just be away. Um, yeah. 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 agree with that. I feel like I should ask your wife this question uh how long can you go without talking oh not very long <laughs> not, not very long <laughs> what do you what do you think what's the what's the biggest uh what's the longest you've ever been not counting sleep by the way if you if you asked her she would probably say if i'm talking about something that isn't mobile home parks then he'll go a long time without talking and pretend he doesn't hear me but she, she thinks i talk about work way too much but um i mean that's a tough one. If I'm not watching a movie, I'm talking. I mean, I'm on the phone or something. So not too that, long, man. That's, that's funny. <laughs> if you ask her. Um, all right. So you you've got uh, a few kids, right? You guys yeah. are on your on your way to almost a basketball team, I think. Um, <laughs> right. What is the main quality that you think makes a uh, extremely great parent? You had to narrow it down to one. Time. Mm. Time with the time with the kid. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a sensitive subject because right now we're working so hard. So. Uh, yeah, I'd say time. Yeah, and it it is. I mean, it's um, I I've had several people come to me here recently. Says Jay, it looks like you're working harder now than when you actually had a W two and uh, you were just doing this on the side. I'm like, well, absolutely, I am. Yeah, and and uh, my wife and I like she she is extremely. Um, supportive um i and she won't i know she wants to speak up and say look dude you gotta we, we even we even do this thing now uh thursday mornings and there is actually scheduled time on my calendar where it's it's family time there's yeah. no phones there's nothing we go to the beach That's or we smart. go do something like and because if i don't put it on the calendar then the week months are going to go by and we're like when's the last time we did something as a family other than sat down and have a meal you know let's, let's yeah. go do some exploring so that's smart I, to put it on the calendar though because guys like us you know i i I'll be sitting here and my phone will ding and I'll say, okay, what meeting do I have? And it's just, yeah. as like us, we run off of calendars, right? Um, but yeah, no, time is the one thing you can't get back. So, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, right. and I think it's the correct time. I mean, if you're, uh, if you, you know, say, hey, I get out of work at five every day and I go home and spend time with my kids, but really you're just sitting on the couch watching TV and they're in their rooms playing their tablet. You're not giving any time, right? I mean, so you're no better than I, but, um, you know, I would say that's the one thing that uh, would make a good parent and also something that i'm striving to get to is uh yeah spend more time you know yeah yeah i think one the one thing too that in my my son is is he's six so he's starting to kind of understand or he's understanding he's becoming more vocal about hey dad i want to play with you you know and um here recently i've had to say yep let's go do it or just give me a minute, let me finish this thought or let me finish let me get off this call like he's waiting on me right now we were we were playing some games uh on his yeah. ipad my like, four-year-old, she says, hey, dad, I want to play with you. I say, then you need to learn how to do spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you know how to evaluate a mobile home park? Yeah, we can play all day. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. That's awesome. Oh, I love the sense of humor, man. That's that's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> oh man but you're gonna get the point i was trying to make is they're seeing you work hard and they're gonna understand that man you know dad is is really busting it to provide for us and then you guys can go do the next step one one of the things that um really i can't remember who told me this uh but it was a couple years ago uh when i still had a job and and whatnot and and they're like why why are you doing all this real estate investing stuff and why don't you just focus on your job be there for your family i was like because i want to i want to break free i want to be able to go and do whatever i want to and really spend some time with my kids and and make those memories okay what's what's your trajectory for that like when are you going to be able to do that i was like well i don't know seven years you know i by the way i always had a seven-year plan like you asked me next year it was still going to be a seven-year plan right and and every year after that was a seven-year plan and and they were like well how old are your kids now and i told them they're like okay so by the time you reach this goal your kids are going to be teenagers and how many teenagers do you know want to hang out with their parents i was like huh yeah so you're saying i got to go quicker is what you're saying is and they're like no what i'm saying is <laughs> like they, they were not expecting me to to say that they were they were like yeah you know what i meant was you should just work your job and, and be there for your family now i was like but it's no fun waking up seeing them for like 20 minutes go to work all day come home exhausted seeing them for maybe an hour or two and then, then we gotta do the bath get in the bed you know yeah like that. and uh i i am so thankful that i got laid off this year and now we're focusing on, on this full time and and um it's just it's amazing it's a, it's amazing yeah and it's like breaking breaking free from the w-2 job is step one because yeah. to be honest i'm home less now than i was when i had a job yeah. um but it's step one to stopping creating wealth for other people and spending your time creating wealth from yourself and your family and um you know there's just um, it's it's just step one. Everyone said that to me too, and I was wondering. Uh, I said, "Where where did all if I if I spent sixty hours a week just spending time with the family, pretending I'm I used to be at work? <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that, you know. It, it's step one, and then you build a, a staff that you know that I'm building now that surrounds you that just makes you start where they start to make you look stupid, where they tell you, Corey, just go on out. You know, that's the dream, right? The 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 golden <laughs> dream is when they're chewing me out of the room because I'm wasting their time, right? And, and then you're making serious wealth while spending all time with family. And it takes time. But I mean, what my my main goal is, uh, I have enough um, where I can sell all my parks now. And me and my fiance, we could live pretty comfortably for the rest of our lives on that and just put it in the 401k or whatever, whatever the hell people do. Don't do but, that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I'm trying to make sure that my grandkids, future grandkids and great grandkids, where it's a generational wealth thing. My goal is to break my family's poverty gap to where they one day look back 100 years from now and say, yeah, your grandpa started in mobile home parks. That's why we have money today. And the yeah. Woodruff family is not lower income family. We are wealthy. Um, so that's the goal. Yep. Same here. Same here. We're both striving. We're we're just focused on different assets, and um, you know, oh, you're, gonna be, you're you're coming in, Jay. You're diving in with me. <laughs> <laughs> deals, man. We're so, doing one. <laughs> I got. There's a guy who leads the uh, the mobile home park mastermind. He was going to be on here today, and I and with us, and I was like, man, you got to get a mic. He doesn't have a microphone and, and setup. I was like, you got to get one, and and he maybe even move. He's he also has a moving uh, mobile home uh, moving company as well, and uh, it just didn't work out. So. Um, 
I want to introduce, I think you guys would get along very well. And he's, he's in, uh, uh Iowa is oh, where nice. he's at. Okay. So, uh, he's up near where you're at. And if you, uh, I think you guys should, would match well together and just be somebody you need, y'all, y'all just need to be connected, uh, for sure. So I'll, I'll introduce okay. you. Um, but, uh, man, pleasure to finally get to talk with you. Yeah. I, I am so inspired by everything you have going on. Uh, next up, I want to see you uh, on one of those hoverboards that I saw uh, with your Dude, kids. I can ride one. I'll, I'll get you? on one. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I'm good on it. <laughs> I, I do not need a broken bone. No, uh, I, I, or... <laughs> I, I'm pretty decent at it. I'll, I'll, I'll post the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. Tag me in it when you do. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Corey, before we get out of here, man, how is the best people, how, the best people, how is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, so you can uh, contact me on Facebook or you can email me, C-O-R-E-Y, Corey, at cmhcapitalinc.com or reach out to my senior partner, Dylan Legg, on Facebook. He's part of all the uh, major uh, mobile home group. Awesome. We'll link to as much of that as I can in the show notes. But Corey, thank you, sir. Enjoy the conversation. So you've ha- you've acquired 1,100 lots in right under two years, right? Or, or yeah, so or we acquired 120 years. in our first two, and then in the last two, we've we've acquired a thousand. Yeah, about, about okay. a thousand. All right. So we're going so, for two thousand. So next year at this time, I was gonna say Christmas. <laughs> You, you put me on this meeting and I'm going to tell you we own 3000. I love it. I love it. All right. So next year we're going to, we're going to circle back around Christmas. I'm going to put it on my calendar as soon as we hang up to get you back Good on. Stuff, man. Schedule and, me. and, and with the expectation, the only way you get to come back is if you've got 3000, I think it's going to be more than that. Actually, but <laughs> right. I, okay. I, I think, I think you're going to hit 3000 things. We're going to take be. out sun communities and by, by 2025. <laughs> 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 All right, Corey. Thank you, sir. Really do appreciate it. And I look forward to catching up with you soon, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Jay. All right. Before I get into suggested next steps, the link to connect with today's sponsor for your free 15 minute consult to see if bank on yourself is right for you. That guy, Mark Willis that I was talking about earlier, uh, it's w2capitalist.com forward slash bank w2capitalist.com forward slash B-A-N-K. And I hope you gained some value out of today's episode with Corey. If anything, I hope it inspired you. The guy is a rock star. He's got a lot of things going on. Be sure to subscribe. And if you know this episode will resonate with someone in your circle, give it a share uh, and improve your friend's life. So here's my next steps. Here's my recommended next steps for you. Number one, connect with Corey. He is primarily on Facebook. The link is going to be in the show notes. Number two, schedule a time with Mark Willis at w2capitalist.com forward slash bank so that you can figure out if the bank on your self-strategy is right for you and start building that generational wealth that you know you want to build. And then number three, earn, invest, repeat.